we had the fence unrolled to the tennis courts and we put, we pushed Alex's car right into the middle of the tennis courts and then put the fencing back down. So there was no, Alex woke up, had no idea. Obviously the whole camp woke up and there's just this like Honda Civic sitting in the middle of, of the car. <laughs> just a clunker <laughs> in the middle of the tennis courts. I'm going away. I'm going away. I'm going away from home. I'm going away. I'm this is the Summer Camp Chronicles a podcast where one camp old-timer and one young camp professional explore what makes summer camp so special to so many people. This season, we're featuring your camp stories. Join us on the podcast to tell us about your camp experiences, everything from the funniest and most inspirational to the grossest and most embarrassing. Check out our latest topic prompts and submit your story at summercampchronicles.com. Welcome back to the Summer Camp Chronicles. I'm Ben. Hey, and I'm Eric. I want to hear your angry camp director story. You, you alluded to something when Debbie was talking about how embarrassed she was on stage as a young girl. You said something like, "Oh, that's you know that's terrible, but it's but I'd rather have that happen when I'm eight years old than be a program director and have an event really suck." And we didn't really we didn't really explore that. We didn't dig into that. Ben, is there something here? Was I angry with you? Should I be angry with you? Not anymore. i'm trying to think there was certainly i mean looking back now i I, you had so much patience for me as an add people pleasing assistant director program director at camp when i was 24 i must have driven you up the fucking wall i I, let's be candid and honest like now i'm a little more organized i still drive my directors now up the wall (laughs) but i couldn't say no to anybody like you you held it in. You must have been times that you sitting at your desk uh, on the other side of the wall, shaking your fucking head, hearing me talk to some staff and be like, "What the fuck are you saying?" I, to these I'm people? sure that's true. But you brought a lot more <laughs> great things to camp than whatever frustration I felt with you was was right. greatly outweighed by your assets. I can assure right. you. But in regards to angry, I don't think I was ever the recipient of you <clears throat> ever being or Deb being like that was like we are mad at you, Ben. But I, I'm trying to think of times that you guys were like mad at someone doing something dumb or a kid doing something dumb. Like, you know, I once had a kid put Tabasco sauce in a bowl full and then feed it to one of the camp dogs yeah. that pissed off you and Debbie, like you were mad. Yeah. But, not as much as most people would have been like, we didn't really like that dog that much. <laughs> that's true. So, yeah. I mean, it, like out yeah, of all things being equal, it was like a dog sort of had to come in and that yeah. kid needed to go home. But yes, yeah. certainly we do not approve of animal cruelty. No, not at all. But other than that, I think in some ways it's a good reflection of directors to have composure. So if 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 I've got no stories, I think it's a compliment to you and Debbie that you either held it in or you you know, and you composed yourselves in a way that was super professional. But again, I feel like I've got way more content of just now experiencing being angry as someone that's on you know more of the director All right, side so, of things. So give it to me. What's the, what's the most pissed off you've ever been at a counselor or camper? I get really mad at kids. At kids? Yeah, really mad. Awesome. You're in the right job. I'm in the right job. And I mean, <laughs> my stories, I feel like are boring, but you know, we do a lot of 
back-end prep work, particularly for our older kids. And I know that you know you, you got to go to camp for so many years. So I think you may be able to relate being a ninth or 10th grader. It's your final few summers. Like you don't give a shit what the directors are saying. You've got a bucket list of things that you want to do at camp and you're going to do them. And we proactively tell our seniors, like, don't do this. Like, we know you're planning to do this stuff. Here's what you can do. Here's what we do not endorse at camp. And we do like a Zoom beforehand. And then when they get to camp on day three, evening program, I sit down with our 10th graders and lay it out and say, here's what we are not going to allow. This summer, just recently gone, had that conversation. I was so proud of the boys. They're looking at me nodding. Like, yeah, we got you. We're on it, Ben. Literally four hours later, about 22 of them. And there was, I think, 24 seniors. 22 of them snuck out, not even that late. It was 10.30 at night across a busy road to go catch up with all the girls. And of course, that made me angry. I got them into the office. And then as soon as I saw them all laughing at me and being like, we don't we don't care. That's, I got really mad. So this is yeah. boring to listeners because they're like, oh, kids are just being kids. But I, you know, I, I saw red. I stayed composed, but um, let's just say I, I got them in our conference room. By the time they left the conference room, they were crying out of guilt. Oh yeah, I got them. I got, I got them to crack. Yeah, <laughs> that is that is hard with teenagers. Like, you know, our camp. In some ways, we have it harder because our kids are they're neurodivergent, and sometimes mm-hmm. that brings its own challenges. But I don't feel like at Akil, I've been in that situation as much as when I worked at typical camps. That moment of like, especially when I was young, I wasn't fully confident in my own sort of presence and authority. Mm-hmm. And you get these, you know, some of these like 10th grade boy, you know, it's like, like 16 year old kids yep. who just look in the eye and like, I don't give a fuck what you say. You're like, yeah. you know, what, what are you going to do? Like that, that real like direct challenge yep. to, to your, to everything, to your role and to your, you know, like you're just working super hard to give these kids a great experience. And mm-hmm. they're just like, who the hell are you? I found that super hard and it's, it made me really yeah, angry. It's confronting. And when they're confrontational like that and it challenges your values and then they, they call you they either call your bluff or they bring out cards like my parents won't care or you you call my parents you go and right. do that like it's tough because they're 16 but they're sometimes acting like a 23 year old and you're like Whoa. yeah I'm, I'm interested to hear some of these stories so we should jump into it and see uh see what we've got yeah sounds good let's let's hear about some angry camp directors dave hey, what's dave. up this is exciting. This is I. I think I talked to both of you when I listened to all of your episodes consecutively in one evening uh, as I was painting my daughter's bedroom. That this is like this is a, a life goal of mine to be on Summer Camp Chronicles podcast, and here we are. Oh, here turn are. it wow. up! I mean, I'm glad I mean, you're here now. <laughs> I mean, come on! You, you both of you know how much I love to talk and talk about myself. Are you kidding me? This is like my dream come true. But but I have spent many, many hours just doing exactly this. So. <laughs> <laughs> amidst spike ball not out of our company yes yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> but dave jump into it what do we go like when when is the time that you've had a a, a a furious camp director yeah so i so um i was a camp kid um like like eric was uh went to the same camp growing up from age 10 to 15 and so there's this whole concept of camp right like you you grow up at your camp and you're in your first year you're nervous. You don't want to do anything wrong. You don't want to mess mess with the older kids. You don't want to be on the you know director's bad side. So as a 10, 10, 11, 12 year old, I was like, not to toot my own horn. I like won the, we called it the spirit of 77 award, which was when the camp was founded. And it was like essentially everybody's favorite camper. So I was like, I won that award. I, I wear that with like badge of honor. And 
by the time I was 14 or 15, I was in the oldest bunk. And this was a, a co-ed sleepaway camp. I was there for four weeks um, by the time I was 14. Um, so we decided in the last week, when I say we, it's me, or the, our two counselors, two counselors lived in a bunk of about 10, 10 boys. Um, we were called the, the Purple Knights. It was a religious camp, a Catholic camp. Um, so the PKs were the oldest bunk and we had the, the two coolest counselors. Like, Is there ever. something Catholic about Purple Knights? Um, the Knights of Columbus, I think maybe is a, I should know this. I was raised Catholic and I have no idea. I think they have a purple shield and that's why they're the purple Knights. This Mm -hmm. is going to, I mean, now if this goes public and my parents like find out that I don't know why you you are no longer a camper of the year. (laughs) We're going to take that award away from you. A hundred percent spirit of 77 awards stripped, stripped for me live on this podcast. (laughs) Um, so um, so two of the coolest counselors ever, Scott, Scott and Tommy, they were the, they sound like lads coolest guys ever we would i would have followed them into the depths of hell i would have i would have done anything for them as as any good camper would for their favorite counselors um so we get to camp um have a great first you know couple weeks and sort of we had this bunk bond of like uh, just a really hodgepodge mix of kids and scott and tommy clearly wanted to make this our is our they knew it was our last year in the typical bunk and they wanted to make it like special for us so that so we get into the fourth week of camp and they they just they sort of bring us all together in a very classic summer camp like you know this is like top secret like probably today in camp like you, the top secretness of like the conversations with the adults would have never flown right like you guys know you can't have we secret. avoid that no language secret. now yeah, there, yeah there's yeah, no right, secrets right, right? When the council starts saying i have to tell you something but you can't tell anybody red don't tell your parents don't tell the director yeah so but it was you know we were sworn to secrecy like cannot cannot have you can't write home about this you know like the the younger kids are going to ask questions like about how things happen like you can't so this was like sworn to secrecy again thought i was part of like the coolest thing ever so what we decided was we were just going to do these anonymous harmless but anonymous pranks throughout our last week of camp and it was it was essentially every night like we had something that we did so i'm just gonna like go through a few of these pranks that we did the <laughs> first one that we did we had this we had this other counselor named alex who was sort of the camp funny guy like the you know he was the wild child you know he, he was a little bit of like he would sleep in through breakfast you know he w- wasn't the, wasn't the best supervisor of children um, but everyone loved him he was just like the sort of class clown type so alex drove a, drove a standard small little like uh, honda civic or, or toyota corolla and it was a stick shift um scott tommy and alex were all part of sort of like that upper echelon of counselors like they were the cool guys and they were all yeah. so they were friends so they were like we're gonna they knew that alex left his car unlocked alex probably left his keys in his car like in the back back parking lot behind the dining hall of camp um so part of the camp prank thing was like we would get maybe two or three hours of sleep. And then like once dead of night struck, we were woken up by our counselors and they were like, let's go like put on all black, put on your hats. Like we're, we're going through camp. So, and we were as far away from the dining hall as possible in camp. So we literally had to 10, 14 year old boys and two adults who were probably 22, 23. Like it was like uh, zero dark 30. Navy SEALs. Navy SEALs, right? Like (laughs) no, no sounds, no anything. So get to the back of the parking lot and, um, we knew that the plan was to do something with Alex's car, but they didn't tell us what it was. So the car was unlocked. So we, um, in the middle of camp, sort of similar to Aquila, like uh, tennis courts, like three tennis courts yeah. right in the middle. So right. what we did, what we did that, that, uh, that night was got into Alex's car. Um, <laughs> the like 10, 
kids were pushing Alex's car through camp. So all the way through camp, because it's a stick shift. So it was just neutral. Car was off, like silent, pushing Alex's car through camp. Um, and we had the the fence unrolled to the tennis courts and we put we pushed Alex's car right into the middle of the tennis courts and then put the put the fencing back down. Amazing. So so there was no, I mean, no, Alex woke up, had no idea. Obviously the whole camp woke up and there's just this like Honda Civic sitting this in the middle of, of the shit car. <laughs> just a clunker <laughs> in the middle of the tennis courts. So that's prank number one was like car in the tennis court. Right. So the other, so the next night or two nights later, um, we went out again, like 2 AM we're closer to the, to the waterfront. And as a camp director, you're probably like, holy cow, like 10 year old, there are 10, 14 year olds on the waterfront at two in the morning. It's like a nightmare, but, um, Picked up a, um, a sunfish, whole whole sailboat. Um, so I have no clue to this day of how we got it up there, but the infirmary, like the uh, camp nurse's office was right next to the path down to the waterfront. So we, again, 10 of us and two counselors fully lifting a full sailboat up onto the um, roof of the infirmary. So yeah. putting a sailboat up there, like 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 mast up sail out how it didn't like catch in the wind and fall i have no idea so again like we're sort of ramping things up and like that's the next prank was like sailboat on the roof um um so then next prank um was a couple nights so we would we would always like this was also like then we'd have flagpole every morning so like the director would obviously make a comment about it like you know i saw i know everybody saw the the car on the tennis courts and everyone saw the boat on the, and like the first couple he was like you know don't know how don't know who's doing these things but like you got to stop like he was sort of like eric like he funny like appreciated the prank yeah, yeah. how campy it was but also was like okay like let's nip this in the butt. Every, every yeah. day right so, yeah. so the next prank that we did was probably two nights later so this is maybe four nights before the end of of the entire camp season so this is the end of the camp season this one was definitely one that was like a little bit more like okay you've now like affected the whole community a little bit in the morning this is annoying um went into the dining hall and um the the dining halls as far away from cabins as you can get big double doors on both sides and we emptied out the entirety of the dining hall and set it up outside at the flagpole like no way just exactly as it is inside but it was just just outside so tables in the exact same places napkin holders you know salt and pepper chair nice. benches or chairs whatever like at at the that's commitment so that's a it lot was commit. that was a big that was a that was a task and then that was when i could tell the the, the director at flagpole was like a little more stern and was like now we're at like the cut to shit level like he was like yeah. we're we're done with this like that's not funny. It's, you know, it's how dangerous. you guys like if the, I'm picturing 10, 14 year old boys, boys, <laughs> one of them is fucking chuckling in the line. Like surely no, around. listen, I'm telling you it's, it's the blind loyalty to Scott and Tommy. And they were yeah. like, you know, every, we would like preview every prank we would do and then like debrief it. So like for the previews where I was like, the person that ruins this for us is going yeah. to like be, so nobody Vanished. wanted to be that, that nerd that ruined the fun. Like in the real world, like of course somebody would probably chuckle or just right. rat, you know, snitch yeah. on the group, yeah. but like not at camp. Like you don't, nah. you don't do that. loyal loyalty, you know, loyal to a fault. So the final night, they, they had been telling us like the whole week, like we're gonna we're gonna blow the roof off this place on the last night, like uh, or two two nights before camp's over. Um, we and they wouldn't tell us what it was. They wouldn't tell us what it was at all. So they're like, you just got we're waking up at at 
2 a.m. or whatever, and we're going, they were like, be prepared to just like be out all night. We're going to get back late. It could be a three to four hour prank. Um, Like, get ready. Again, we're like, what are we doing? Like, are we creating like, you know, I I had literally no idea. So we get, so we walk all the way across camp. and And this is, this is like close to the director's residence. So we had to be like, dead silent um walking across get to the main office and at the main office set up are probably 20 cans of of bright pink hot pink fluorescent paint um and maybe five cans of powder blue like worst like think like grandma's living room in like 1970, like pink and blue, like not attractive colors at all. And our, our cabins were rustic, like painted like, you know, maroon or whatever red. And so they like brought us around the circle and they're like, here's, here's tonight's prank. And we, our task was to to paint the main office of the camp fully. The whole building, the whole building painted hot pink with the trim, but we like did a full, full paint job, like, like rollers, and then we trim was was powder blue, and remember, like we in the so thank you. That's what I was going to say. Remember, we're in the pitch. This is two a.m. in the middle of the summer in Vermont, surrounded by trees. Like we had no idea what it was going to look like. the The kicker to this that I want to make sure everyone knows is two days at. So again, two days later is parent pickup day, and then the next day there's a camp that that moves into our onto our property for a week for mm-hmm. a foundation for kids with terminal cancer oh. so yeah so that so this camp comes in but like this is one of those things that i don't know if scott and tommy like had the foresight to say like maybe like a, a paint job on the main this is the building that as you're driving up the main driveway long driveway you come on you come up to this building so like that would have been the first thing oh, that no. anybody saw so kids with cancer coming in three days later and the entire main office is pink and blue the sun rises and the paint job is, I mean, like huge globs of pink paint, like falling, just just paint all over the outside of the, like in the grass. And, um, and so what we decided is we would just like quietly um, wear what we wore the night before to flagpole that next morning. So we were all of us, it was sort of our like swan song, like yeah. we're it's sort of us outing ourselves. Like I'm covered. I had this red sock sweatshirt. I remember it forever like a red red sock sweatshirt that just had huge globs of pink and and blue paint on it and then like the camp director then during flagpole didn't even say anything about like we're we're next to the main office and obviously everyone's like looking at it like pointing like laughing and then looking at us and pointing and laughing and be like look at they're all covered in pink and blue paint like they've been doing the pranks all along camp director didn't even mention it it was the most solemn flagpole ever didn't talk to anybody about it um that's a great camp director the- that that that's that's choice right for silence there i'm gonna let this do i'm gonna let them wonder how angry i am what (laughs) the consequences are going to be exactly yeah exactly he did not let on at all that like this was a big deal but we all sort of knew because of the nature of it and like how solemn it was and how quick it was and like we so everybody went into the dining hall we all went to the dining hall for breakfast but he kept our two counselors outside Mm. um and this, this dining hall obviously like screened in doors. So it's not like there's no soundproofing at all. And we just hear our director, Scott, like on leash on those two, like never, maybe to this day, never heard anybody like yell. Th- this was maybe not the best 
camp director decision. I just remember the only line that I remember him hearing, hearing him say was like, um, and not only did you, did you do it? You did a effing piss poor job. Like said something like it wasn't even a good paint job. It was a piss, <laughs> you piss poor job. It was a beautifully painted <laughs> right. pink building. Thanks so right. much. I mean, guys. Right. No, that was, but I think he was like trying to, you know, level with him somehow. He's like, it's just a piss poor. So, um, so then, so he's livid the, and the rest of that day, last day of, you know, last day of programming, or it was like a special event last day. Um, Scott and Tommy were sort of in camp counselor jail. Like they had, so Scott, so Scott, um, the director's name was also Scott. Scott went somehow got paint and Scott and Tommy, just the two of them from eight. I didn't think they went to the dining hall. I didn't think they had any, I don't think he let them eat oh that day. Gosh. Like, like done up to sundown. They were there at the front office, repainting the entire thing, white trim maroon or red body of the building. And to add sort of a camp flair to this whole thing, last day, special event. I can't remember what we did for special events, but all of us, in the cabin, we thought that it was a good idea because we want to show our loyalty to our boy, our our guys, our counselors. Still to, at this all, point, yeah. We all we all had white t-shirts and signs, like picket signs that said free Scott and Tommy. And everywhere that we went around camp, t-shirts <laughs> like chanting, like free Scott and Tommy, free Scott, like the whole and who knows if I'm just the only weirdo that like that was the best week stretch of their life. Like <laughs> Other people are like, dude, we just like put a sailboat on a roof. It's not that big of a deal. Right. I'm here. I am 20 years later talking about it on a podcast. I can tell you, I'd, I'd be um, the same though. Like I, if I was yeah. 14, that would have been incredibly profound. I would have thought it was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a different sort of um, like, a, a, we call it the camp bone, right? Like some people have the camp bone and some people don't. And then some people have it, but it's like, just not, it's not a femur. It's like a, like a pinky. It's a, yeah, tip of your pinky like mine is like my sternum it's like part yeah. of who i am right like i'm yeah. like here in my in my being so um yeah it was an amazing an amazing summer an amazing uh experience the memories will live on and uh that was a lot of fun guys we'll hopefully uh see you guys soon eric our next guest you, you know her and uh she'll go by her name um but uh, i was excited to see her submission come in obviously the prompt is really you know funny like a time that you've had a really angry camp director I don't know if it's at her or from just observation. So I'm excited to get her in and listen to it, but uh, let's get her into the show now. Hi, Ben. Hi, Eric. How are you? We're good. Thanks for jumping on. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we, now we're now so that I know ambitious. it's you, I, I, can't, I can't imagine that this thing that happened, that you were actually the perpetrator. I can't imagine mm -hmm. you ever did anything bad. I know. You know very, very hard to believe, but I was the perpetrator of this crime. Um, tell us about it. Yeah, paint a picture. <laughs> I'm ready. Uh, it was a long time ago. It was uh, back in summer of 2000. And I was a counselor at a YMCA camp in the Pocono Mountains. Uh, and I was serving as a counselor for kids with disabilities that were included in a regular camp program. So my kids had a variety of developmental disabilities, but we were included in the camp program. Okay. So, uh, so, so you, you live in a cabin, all the kids in your cabin are part of this that's right. That's one of these programs. Okay. All the kids in my cabin uh, have disabilities, but we go to activities with kids that don't have disabilities. And we're obviously providing some additional support around their disabilities, but they were integrated into the camp program to like the fullest extent possible for them individually. Um, and there was two bunks. It was a girl's bunk and a boy's bunk. And we really kind of traded the kids back and forth during the day. So I could end up at archery with three of our boys and my male counterparts would end up at swimming with three of our girls. It was kind of like we were a big 
happy family. So as you can imagine at 18, we got pretty close to each other. We were buddies, Mm -hmm. the the boy counselors and the girl counselors, pretty, pretty friendly. Um, and I feel like like it's more than I was like, we're like pretty, pretty friendly. (laughs) It was 18. We can pick up what you put in summer camp. You can take that wherever you want to go with it. Okay. But, um, one of the like like the standards of the camp program was that uh you there was boys overnight night and there was girls overnight night so when it was boys overnight they'd like pack the kids out and go for a hike and you'd sleep out in the a lean to in the woods uh, and, not, not. and the girls would do like an on camp girls only evening activity great so this story starts at boys overnight night so the boys pack up they head out to the lake I can't remember what we did during for our evening activity, but I know that my co-counselor Marcy and I were headed to the boys overnight site mm. to hang out with our friends. This is not allowed. So we sneak around the lake. Wait, wait, sorry. I sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt. <laughs> you and Marcy. Yeah, my co-counselor. There was three of us in the bunk. Me, okay, so Marcy, and Daniel. You, so you left Daniel at home. You Daniel's left a hero in the bunk with the kids. Yeah. Which okay, was so a lot. It was like OD, you know, like right. Yeah. Sleeping. It was nighttime. Right. No, no gross negligence here in terms of like no, no, no. not even it. not even a little bit. Like night off. Yeah. Also, Danielle was no hero. She was a total dud. So we left the <laughs> cabin a lot. <laughs> so we leave her and we set off with our flashlights around the you know around the lake to go hang out with our friends. And we get there and it's, we're hanging out. N- nothing. No, no big deal, right? We're hanging out. We're sitting by the lake, by the fire, the kids are sleeping and typical, you know, campfire night starts raining. Okay. Mm. And it starts really raining. Uh, okay. Then it starts thundering and lightning. And we're like, uh, what do we do? So I was like, as a group, there's four of us. We're like, well, we should probably pack them up and come in. Like, re- like I'm talking like real rainstorm. Yeah not safe. We're in, the kids are in a lean to the counselors are supposed to sleep outside, like not good. So Marcy and I were like, we'll help you. Like, we'll help you. The kids know us. It's pitch black pouring rain. They're in, they have disabilities. So some like, not really like some mobility was impaired. It wasn't, they're all ambulatory, but like, you know, some difficult emotional dysregulation potentially. Yeah, totally. So I'm like, well, we'll help you. Okay, so I set off with like two of the boys. Marcy's behind me. She has three. The boys like pack up the stuff and they're all, you know, all that fun stuff. We're hiking through the woods. We get them back to the bunk. They all settle down. Everybody's quiet. Great. We like still hang out on the porch of the of the boys cabin. Also not allowed, but we're quiet and we're whatever. Okay, night ends. Everybody goes back to sleep. No harm, no foul. Wonderful. We walk into breakfast the next day. Mm-hmm. And our two tables were right next to each other. Again, like we were, we operated as a unit. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. And our like unit leader and camp director come in and they're like, what happened? They're talking to the boys and they're talking and what happened? And, okay. Okay. They're telling them it started raining and this and that. And we hiked back in the rain, but Jackie and Marcy saved the day. <laughs> this is coming from a camper. A camper. Campus snitch. snitch. I love it. And immediately their faces like, turn from like haha you survived this to like like what the fuck were you doing that rules yeah (laughs) and they looked at us and they looked at the boys and they were like we'll talk later oh Oh." that's the worst the worst (laughs) 
And really, like they, we got the whole like we're really disappointed in you. Oh, that's the worst. You, you know, you're not supposed to go there. That the, the, it, it, you know, twenty years out, I'm like, what's the big deal? Like it right. really wasn't. We weren't. There was nothing, but they were very angry. Took away. Well, our I could have. I, I would have flipped the switch and been like, well, firstly, the ratio went up, so there was actually more counselors <laughs> at campus. We helped them get out of a storm, and secondly, when the storm hit. There was no support from my totally. division leader and counselor did say or that. director. I did say that to her. I was like, well, like, thankfully we were there to help them. And she right. was like, not having it at all. Wow. Yeah. It was I would have been like, well, where were you? Helping these well, kids that's what I was camp. thinking. I was yeah. like, well, when it started lighting and thundering, how come you didn't swoop in and help them bring these nine kids in right. from like a potentially dangerous store? Right. So, so Josh, the important wondering... question is, did okay. uh, was it worth sneaking out? Did you and the, you know, the guys and... And Marcy have a, a yeah. Fun time. I mean, I think it's his. I think I still laugh about it. I was yeah. just at a camp reunion for like that I hadn't seen people in twenty years, and we were still being like, "Remember when we snuck out?" And it, like, it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And I think yeah. that the funniest part is like we got away with it, and then this, it's <laughs> like, you know, sixteen-year-old boy <laughs> totally ratted us out in right. a way that was like he was praising us. He was like, "Yeah, they saved us. Like they were there to help us." Right, right. And the well, camp director and the unit leader were like. Mm-mm. <laughs> I'm wondering, you know, Ben and I have worked a lot with kids who have some developmental disabilities or challenges, and and sure. we find that to be the most endearing and the most incredible group of kids, same. in part because of their same. unabashed honesty, right? And I know same. you feel the same way. So yeah. I'm wondering, did you do any preemptive defensive work? Like, did you think on, you know, before breakfast that it'd be like, hey guys, like, try not to say that we were there last night, or did this surprise no. you? No, but in retrospect, I definitely should have. Right. Would have, you know, I think part of it was like they didn't see us as any different. They knew we didn't sleep in their bunk, but right. they didn't see us. Like, if you would have asked a lot of those guys, especially the ones that were super verbal, like this one, thank you, Joey. Like, if you would have asked them, like, who are your counselors? They would have listed us like you. as yeah. part of their so they didn't they didn't know it was wrong. Yeah. That like, oh, Jackie, this crazy storm that I woke up like with rain on my head, and like my counselors were there to like yeah save me they were doing their job it was like a pretty good a pretty good deal yeah no i i think we can i think we could put on the record 20 years later or 30 years later it wasn't wrong not 30 sorry i don't know (laughs) but it it wasn't wrong i think i think i mean had you been like you know in the middle of like doing something you shouldn't have done or having you know smoking drinking having sex whatever sure but it seems like you're in the right place at the right time it was like a very innocent breaking of the rules and by the way this was like we weren't like you know, we weren't the rebels. Like everybody did this. Yeah. Everybody did the like, oh, we're gonna go see the boys on their overnight. You know, yeah. and, they, and that's, and that's the f- why they came to see us on our. They own. did, yeah. and that's a like, funny perspective. Like now that we are all in the position where we're overseeing staff and we're running camp, like to some extent, as you just said, Jackie, some rules are always broken. Like there are some things that we've got to always understand that like we have to act disappointed and mad, but totally. we're not gonna act shocked. Totally internally, if we know that some counselors snuck out. And I think for me, what I think about now is like, they were really mad. Like, (laughs) and I'm still friendly with the unit leader, like really friendly. And she was like, really mad. Like she, I think she like, at the time it was like, how dare you break our trust? And I'm like, Right. I'm sure it was more like not Jackie, like of (laughs) everyone that would break rules. Like we love her and she's the one that's not good. Yeah. Yeah. But well, that's good. That was like, I wasn't, I'm not really a rule breaker. I know that's going to shock you both. I'm not really a rule breaker, but that was probably um, one of the 
only times that I like actually broke like a actual rule. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it rattles you like when you get in trouble and you, yeah. you disappoint someone very you upset really about idolize. It. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. I was upset about it at the time. Now I'm laughing about it. But at the time I was like, I felt like I, this unit leader had been my counselor when I was a kid. So like, I felt like she was so disappointed and like, I, I broke her heart by just, and I, I think there was like some backstory. I don't really remember this part of like, they were, maybe they said that they were looking, I don't know. I think that they maybe said that they were like looking for us. I'm like, no, you weren't. We didn't miss curfew. They like, really knew how to lay got, it on. Like, I'm like, you're making it a little bit more sensational than it actually is. Oh, they, I mean, they were laying on the guilt. Like we didn't know where you were. They were sleeping. They didn't know it was raining until the next morning. <laughs> and the kids were like, oh, the boys are in the bunk. What happened? Huh. Almost got struck by lightning. <laughs> right. The Summer Camp Chronicles is hosted by me, Eric Sassone, and by Ben Jerez. If you like what you hear, please tell your friends, give us a five-star rating, and write your review. It will all help us share the podcast with other camp lovers like you. Follow us on Instagram at Summer Camp Chronicles, and email us at summercampchronicles at gmail.com. Most importantly, check out our website regularly at summercampchronicles.com, to find out our most recent set of prompts and to submit your story to come on the podcast with us. The music for the podcast was provided by Lisa Loeb. Lisa is a huge fan of camp and she graciously allowed us to use her songs on the Summer Camp Chronicles. These and a bunch of other great camp songs are available on her album, Camp Lisa. Proceeds from the sale of that album are donated to help underprivileged children attend summer camps. We hope you'll check it out. As the years go by, I'll think of you inside. This is good night and not goodbye. I wanna linger a little longer, a little longer here with you. I wanna linger a little longer, a little. I want to leave.